Welcome to Renegade Rules. Kick back, settle in, and let us fill your ear holes with early learning information, wisdom, and advice. And now, here's Heather and Jeff. Welcome back to another episode. I get so excited, I trip over my own tongue. Welcome back to another episode of Renegade Rules. I'm Jeff Johnson with Heather Shoemaker. Today we are talking about going up the slide. Then there's a reason. Heather's new book, It's Okay to Go Up the Slide, drops March 8th. Drops, so that means it starts shipping then, right, Heather? I think you can actually get it at a bookstore March 8th. March 8th, it'll be, it'll be dropped already. So uh, that's uh, the official release date, and Amazon may have shipped actually earlier. But anyway, we're talking about this topic because the new book is coming out, and uh, and and there's a lot of stuff that, that goes with this. I got, I, got a, I got a story, Heather, about a slide I grew up with. My dad, when I was a kid, I must have been four, came home with a slide. It had been removed from the playground that at the elementary school that he went to uh, when he was a kid. Of course, he went there when he was a well, kid. But anyway, the school he'd went to, and he, he went to an auction and bought the slide. They were they closed down the school, and they were getting rid of stuff. Now, this what thing. What a cool present. Oh, yeah. Now, this thing wasn't in the best of the shape. It, it was it was all metal, but it had originally had wooden steps, and uh, and it was missing the these little L brackets that the steps would sit on a couple places, and there were a couple steps missing. Um, but you uh, dug the holes. It was it had to be set into the ground, and we dug the holes and got it set in. And uh, and it was probably from the ground to the the little flat part of the top of the slide before you started sliding down. Probably ten foot. Um, and uh, the plan was, you know, we'll get it in place, and then eventually we'll we'll get the steps replaced and and get that missing bracket or two welded on and and that kind of stuff. Well. That didn't ever happen. Um, the 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 missing steps were put down, but the the steps were missing the bracket. So my whole whole childhood, there was probably two steps missing from that slide the whole time, and, uh, and you know, because you know parents are busy, and, and and we figured out you just put your foot on the little bracket on the other side when you're going up, and that that slide was my childhood. And uh, sometimes it was a submarine, and sometimes it was a tank, and sometimes it was a stagecoach, and sometimes it was a slide, and we would go down it, and we would go down it standing on waxed paper and we would climb up it and we would climb up it while people were going down it and nobody right. ever died. Right, right. Yeah, well that slide had seen a lot of kids in its life it sounds like until it got to you so it was prepared for anything. It was prepared for anything and, and it got it and uh, t now these, these uh, slides today these these plastic slides where you can't build up any momentum and you just you, it's like you slide in slow motion when you do actually get the slide it's it's sad and then you can only use, there's a right way to use the slide um, what have we what have we done to childhood when it comes to slides Heather well I think we can even if they're plastic you know I think kids can uh, however they approach a piece <coughs> of play equipment is the right way for it to be played with. I mean, um, I think I've heard this a million times. It's the play is within the child. So it's not the slide itself. It's the slides providing a forum for the child to express physical movement, physical play, and all those bottled up ideas that are about zombies and whatever else might be in there. Um, so if we, 
no matter what the play equipment is, if we just stand back and let the kids use it their way, that's what it's for. That's Then it's being used the right way. Um, there are some slides that have been designed that really are way too high and they just you can't be done that way. But almost every slide I've seen um, is completely fine for a kid to go up, down, sideways, anything they need on it. Um, and <laughs> a lot of us, now, in, in a couple episodes ago, we talked about a continuum where not everybody's in the same place right now that, that your view may not be what um, that it's okay to go up a slide. But or, or, that, or that however you choose to use a, a piece of equipment is the right way. I think there, I, I'm, I'm guessing that there are at least a few people listening that cringed when they heard that because it's a little bit outside their wheelhouse. Well, and you know, if if you have some equipment that you can picture that you know that one kid, that one who's going to you know scale up the side and yeah. and leap over to the roof or something, and you think that is really not okay, well then maybe find some other equipment, get some logs, get something in there that is okay no matter what they do with it, because um, maybe the choice of equipment wasn't the right one. Kids should be able to manipulate what they find and play on it whether it's a tree or a slide or whatever it is. Um, you know, so let's get back to the basics. Yeah. Why do kids go up the slide? Why do they do it? <sighs> I mean, that's, that's, we've got to start with that question and answer before we can say, is I, it okay? I Should think... we determine that the judge says it's okay or not? Um, and they're seeking fun, and they're seeking physical risk. Yeah. Um, it's often the play equipment we provide them is too boring these days. Yeah, I saw. I saw a conscious adults putting rules on, and and it's just, it's too dull. So they're trying to spice things up. Yeah, I I saw. You know, we 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 moved away from a lot of the playground equipment that that you and I grew up with. We had like the monkey bars that were on the asphalt playground, that mm -hmm. kind of stuff. And and we've moved beyond that to this the, all this plasticky stuff. And sometimes it looks pretty, but like you say, it gets boring. A couple years ago, I saw a, a report that was released. I think it was from down in Australia that they've actually had. They're actually seeing more major injuries on this safer equipment because kids get bored and then they start trying to challenge themselves by like there'll be the uh, the the tunnel slide uh, because you know you want to keep everybody safe and they make it a tunnel slide so you don't fall off the side of the slide but then the kids start like climbing up the outside of the tunnel and falling off and, right. and breaking bones because they get right. bored with the the stuff a lot easier and uh, and and so our 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 rush to safety has actually started creating more major injuries That's true. it looks I like I think I think there's really two uh reasons that that happens one you mentioned the kids are seeking so many paths are closed to them that they're seeking things that are actually dangerous instead of just risky and the second um the second is that when kids feel that every wherever they go it's all been bubble wrapped or just safety proof to a, a huge degree they stop taking responsibility for their own safety now you think oh i can't let a toddler take responsibility for their own safety or i can't let a four-year-old make those decisions but, you know, kids do not like having um, blood come out of their bodies. They don't <laughs> like getting hurt. They really avoid it at all costs. Now, sometimes they don't have the knowledge and the foresight to stop something from happening that we could see happening a mile away. But they need to have those little accidents to learn that. But they, most kids, 
if they're in an environment where they know they could get hurt by falling or they could get hurt by this or that, they will tend to avoid it or be a little more cautious. But if they feel as if their whole life has been everything's safe and, you know, the knife is not sharp and this is, you know, the, the scissors are rounded and everything is safe, then they begin to barge around feeling as if life's safe and they don't have to take any responsibility for their own body. But if they're allowed to encounter getting hurt sometimes at a low level, then they'll realize, oh, you know, that, I need to, I need to think about it. It's not someone else's job to bubble-proof the world. It's my job to take care of my body a little bit. Yeah, the, the way we learn how to be careful is to, to get out there and rub elbows with the world a little bit. And it, it takes practice. Learning how to be careful it requires uh, getting getting bumped and scratched and scraped up a little bit now and then. And uh, that, that's a hard thing for us as adults sometimes to to accept because we, we want to keep them from squirting blood all over the place. But our efforts to keep them safe actually put them in more danger a lot of the time. Right. I mean, it's the same. You can win the battle but lose the war. Yeah. Sometimes we fixate on these little things, and we, we need to think about how can I raise a kid who's going to become aware of, of his or her own body and, and take some of that safety. And we can say things like, do you feel safe? If there's a kid on top of a tunnel slide, do you feel safe? And they might suddenly realize, oh, my gosh, I'm way up here. Um, you know, you can give some pointers like that. Um, you can also stand nearby <laughs> if they're somewhere that that seems too high, but I wouldn't necessarily um, grab them or, or tell them they have to come down. Just yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Be, being close enough that you can you can step in if the worst case scenario starts unfolding. I guess. Um, grandbaby last spring I took her to the to the park so she's not quite just right before her third birthday um, and and there's a a fairly good sized slide um, when you're when you're just about three years old and kind of petite and she's she's crawling up it and I'm sitting there I've, I'm, I'm reading on my Kindle and sitting with my dog and she's up there playing and making friends and having a good time and and her and this other girl are going up the slide and this uh, this woman storms over to me and, and says, are you just going to let her do that? I said, what what, what, what what'd she do? She's going up that slide. That, that's, that's dangerous. And I, I, I said, um, no, it's not. No, it's not. Well, they could, they could fall. And, and, and I said, well, they could, they could, they could fall and, and what, slide down the slide on their bellies? And, and she was just indignant. And so I said, Rowan, uh, you Okay. And she said, yeah, Papa, and kept on climbing. And the woman hoofed off back to her, her bench and, and left granddaughter and her, her buddy to, uh, to climb up the slide. But it, this, is, this is like everything else when we're saying, hey, be a little bit of a renegade about this. There, there are other people out there in the world that are someplace else on that continuum who are going to want to jump in and tell you how to do things the right way. All right, so you put your finger on a couple things here, but basically uh, for those of us who aren't uncomfortable about, about the physical risk, we think, well, it's okay if my kid climbs up the slide. It's the other kids. What about that social respect and awareness about what the child who wants to come down the slide? What about that potential conflict? And what about um, uh, the other parents and peer pressure of not being the bad mom on the playground or the bad teacher or the bad dad? Um, 
because what everybody else is supposed to do it this way. So it's for some people, it's that physical risk that makes them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. But face it, most of us, it's the social risk, our risk with interacting with the other adults and the potential conflict that the kids may encounter. So I think we should dive into that part. Yeah. So what do we do in those situations? Well, let's start with the kids first. Okay. Often, let's say there's some kids who have been going down the slide the normal or expected way. The right way. And then some, <laughs> the right way. <laughs> and then some kids start doing the up the slide. Um, watch and see what happens. Often um, there may be a conflict. So there may be feelings hurt. Somebody might be scared. Somebody might be annoyed. Well, that's what you're looking for, right? As this calm adult who has a renegade perspective, you can step in if need be and help them talk to each other and say, hey, I want to go down the slide. You're blocking it. Or, you know, whatever it is, help them figure out, I don't like that. Help the kids figure out what the conflict is and sort it out. Um, but often you don't even need to do that because they may, the kids might be fascinated by this new idea, the going up the slide idea where people who go up the slide are the uh, zombie princesses. And so then they attack the, I mean, <laughs> they yeah. develop a game out of it. Yeah. And they get drawn into the game and the ideas and, and they're having a final time. So. One, we're scared of conflict, and we try to just sweep it away before it ha might happen. And two, um, we're not even allowing the opportunity for a new imaginative play idea to develop. So I'm saying don't be scared of either. One's just regular old conflict. They need practice sorting that out. And the other is, well, that's play. That's what we're aiming for here. Yeah, yeah. Well, when it comes to the conflict, which, in your experience, Heather, which which is the best learning environment for learning how to manage and and live with conflict in your life sitting in circle time and singing a song about let's all be friends and get along or being out in the world actually engaging and having conflict arise organically through your in, and your activities with other people and then having to figure out how to right. how to manage it how to how to navigate it right and uh, you're not seriously asking me that question, I know. <laughs> because I, I also, I could go off about circle time, too. But, and, um, and stay tuned for that episode. And, and talking about friends when they're not really your friends and all sorts of things. It's going to be so much more meaningful. The learning is so much more meaningful if it comes from something the child cares about. So even if they were equally effective learning tools, the sitting on your butt listening to a song about friends, um, and doing the out-in-the-world play, even if they were equal, which they're not, um, the one is going to be so more, much more personally meaningful. Yeah. If you're waiting for your turn on that slide and there's a conflict, that impacts your life right now as a three-year-old, as a six-year-old. You know, it, it just it's, it gets you right in the gut and it gets you all riled up and you want to sort it out and you want tools to be able to figure out how to sort this out. And either the kids will eventually figure it out, but they often can can be guided with just a few helpful words. As an adult, you could say, hey, do you like what he's doing? Do you like what she's doing? Or I see you're waiting. I, you know, uh -huh. tell them what you don't like and just prompt them to realize that if they don't like something, they can speak up. They can set a limit on a peer. That is amazingly powerful information. Yeah, and, and, and a skill that... 
a, a lot of adults sure. a lot of adults don't have and if you could if you can start developing that as a as a skill as a two or three or four year old and 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 grow up in an environment where where that's in your tool bag from that those early days that that really puts you in a good place for the adult world too it does it's, it's a lifelong skill it's an overlooked skill in our society the ability to face conflict and speak up when something's wrong and speak up directly Whew, that is huge and the reason it takes so much courage for an adult is because we didn't get practice as kids most of us yeah and even for some lucky ones who did it, it, it isn't usually never enough practice. So more play, more chance to encounter conflict, the better. Yeah, and, 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 and really, children who get to practice those things on the slide when they are three or four develop those tools. And when, then when that kid is 16 or 17 and trying to decide if they're going to get in a car with a friend who's been drinking and is planning on driving them all home, it makes it a little bit easier, a little bit more likely they're going to make the decision not to get into that car. Just th th those, those kind of things. It's you know, it's the yeah. whole texting while driving thing. Uh, it, you you become a better decision maker when you have a chance to hmm, practice better, making decisions. Yeah. Practice making decisions and speaking up and yeah. setting limits on people your own age. Not always looking to the adults in your life or somebody else to set a limit for you. Being able to just go right to the source, right to that same age mate, and say, I don't like this, or this is making me uncomfortable, or I'm scared, I don't like it when you do this. I mean, admitting fear is a big no-no in our culture. Yeah, yeah. I have a middle schooler who said he was scared the other day, and um, you know, I said, well, good for you. Thanks for saying you were scared, because people don't say that much. Yeah. It's, it's a bit of shame that they're scared of something. But we've got to speak up when we feel that uncomfortable feeling. And so when adults are feeling uncomfortable about the whole slide situation on their school playground, I don't know if schools actually have slides. Yeah, they do. Um, yeah, or, yeah, yeah those, those plastic <laughs> things. Um, it, it, when adults are feeling uncomfortable with the whole slide situation at their child's uh, preschool or elementary school, uh, how, how do they speak up? How do they use their words? What, do they, what should they be doing? Yeah, well, you know, it, this happens all the time, right? It's the, it's the peer pressure from the other adults, and how do we handle that? So on a given day, you might not be in the mood to, to deal with it at all, but let's say you're feeling ready to, to open another mind to a different way of looking at things. Um, I, I probably would do it something like this and say, you know, it's okay with me. Is it okay with you? Just a opening salvo to see where they are in that continuum <laughs> yeah. because they may be checking in with you um, feeling like, oh, everybody says you shouldn't, you know, you should go down the slide the right way. And if you just say it's okay with you, they might just relax and everything's okay. It's possible that uh -huh. things could just end there um, to let them know that you're all right with it and that um, it's not a worry. Uh, but another thing is just to acknowledge that that they are worried about it and say, sounds like the going up the side is really worrying you. Um, you know, what's, what's going to happen? Uh-huh. And uh, drawing out that fear. Well, what if somebody wants to come down the slide? And then you can always, this is, a, I mean, you have to be, you have to gauge the situation because some people are going to storm off. But um, some people might be interested to um, find out what's going to happen. You say, well, Somebody might want to come down the slide, and then they're going to have 
fight or a conflict, and then you can say, well, that would be good for the kids to, to learn how to work that out. Let's watch and see what happens, and then I'll be with you when we can help the kids sort it out. Is that um, drawing out the fears. What's the worst that could happen? Well, the worst is probably one of us takes a trip to the hospital with a kid with a broken arm. That, you know, there That's are the kids. Worst. It does happen. Yeah, it does happen. But, um, um, you know, slides can do that. But on the whole, most of the time, that doesn't happen, and that probably is the absolute worst. So it's 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 about asking questions and engaging in conversation with with con confronting the issue without being adversarial or or overly aggressive. It's it, it can be hard. Now I have to admit it's hard for me because I mean I wrote a book called It's Okay to Go Up the Slide. So if, if I'm out at the playground and somebody says, "Well, you know, look what your kid's doing," <laughs> I think, "Oh God, here we go again." <laughs> You know, I don't always, I yeah. think about these issues so much for my work that I don't always want to deal with it on yeah. every day. And then they're, thing, they're, you, you, you bring it up to them and, and they're like, yeah, you know everything. Why don't you write a book about it? And you're like, I did. <laughs> well, yes, that's not exactly. <laughs> but, you know, if somebody, somebody who didn't write that book, somebody who's listening to this podcast, for example, could say, you know what's interesting? Did you even know there's a book that it's okay to go up the side? That could be a conversation starter. It's just... It's, it's a third-person piece of information that might get that other parent's brain ticking a little bit differently and thinking, oh, so this is not just me, it's not just my kid, it's, it's something that might actually be healthy for my child. Yeah. You know, all the reasons why it's a good thing that your child goes up the slide. Well, I, I like um, to, in those situations, I like to explain that it is, going up the slide is a, it, it's a pre-writing skill that they're developing. Because uh, to be able to sit in, in first grade and, and hold their pencil correctly and write their name, they need to first develop those core muscles and then the large muscles in the arms and legs before they can gain mastery over those smaller muscles in the extremity of their hand. And so going up the slide is preparing them to be a literate person when they get into school. And that is just That fun. must lead you to some really good conversations. Well, it does, and it's just fun. <laughs> And it's it's pretty much true. But you know too. that's ex well, it's yeah, it's pretty much true because you're looking at the you know the big muscles, the the gross motor, the core yeah. muscles, all those. It's 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 totally based in truth, but it it's that perfect example of a non-confrontational way to relax everybody and open up the conversation. Like, what are we really looking at here? Kids have to do certain things before they can do other things. Trusting that the kids will lead us to what needs to be done. You know um, that. If they are going up the slide, there's darn good reasons why they're doing it. There may be social reasons, maybe physical reasons, maybe all kinds of reasons. Um, in my first book, It's Okay Not to Share, there's a whole section on why kids need power and why they seek power, especially very young children. Yeah. And some kids are more power-seeking than others. And going up the slide, climbing anything, yeah. is, is a way of fulfilling that need for power. So let's say that you are not comfortable letting kids climb up the slide, whether it's you're not comfortable with it yet or your particular slide you just don't think is right. Find other ways to give them that power that they need. Let them throw mud. Let them hit sticks. Let them run and scream loudly. Find ways that they can find ways to uh, be powerful in the world. Speaking about power, my experience is that a lot of the reasons we have some of these rules, the slide is for going down, 
that kind of stuff is that the adults in the situation have a need for power. And if you are working with Troll. a group yeah, Troll. <laughs> if you're working with a group of young children and you don't feel very powerful anyplace else in your life and you've got a room full of these little people who have to do exactly what you say, um, it's hard to give that up and give power over to the children. But but this this profession but what, yeah. uh, this profession mm -hmm. attracts those people. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, just an example, a story from my childhood preschool, the School for Young Children. Um, they have all kinds of slides, and one of them is an indoor slide for the running room, which is the room where kids can just run and yell and do all kinds of loud, active things. So they have a wooden slide structure in the running room, and uh, it's pretty broad wooden slide. Uh -huh. And the kids were trying to – they were having a conflict. There were about, I don't know, 10 kids all using the slide, and some were wanting to go up, and some were wanting to go down. And some of the kids who were wanting to go down were being pretty bothered by the up kids. <laughs> and so the teacher came over, not at all concerned that there was a conflict, because uh, this is the mecca of conflict resolution in the classroom. And she said, well, sounds like there's some kids want to go down, some kids want to go up. What are we going to do here? You know, how can all the kids play on this slide? And so they got a little brainstorming thing going, and the kids' solution was to put masking tape on the slide and to have one part be up and one part be down, and they, they put the tape on themselves so they knew which parts were which, and they figured out their conflict, and then everybody kept playing. But to give the solution to the kids' hands, that's always uh, a great opportunity. If you have enough time to do that, that's, yeah. that's where the kids really learn. Yeah, yeah, they, they, it, it, and again, it's that, that power thing. Other, other for people, different places on that continuum, one thing I've seen uh, some programs do is they will have uh, the yellow slides are up slides and the green slides are down slides mm -hmm. because it moves them. It, for the, the, half the staff is probably at the point where, hey, let the kids figure it out, but they, they've got those other staff people who are uh, uh, still standoffish about the thing, and so they use that as a transition uh, setting uh, to, to, to bring staff along. Other thing is I've, I've heard is is certain days of the week are up days, uh, those kind of <laughs> things. Because, I mean, that would, just be, that would just be confusing to me as an adult, and yeah. I imagine it would be very confusing to the kids. you gotta, you got to consult. you got to go to circle time to find out what day and do calendar to find out what day of the week is it is before yeah. you can go out and to recess. And then if, you're, and if the game that you have going involves going up, you need to be able to express that play idea at that time, no matter if it's Tuesday or if the slide's yellow. Yeah, you don't want to have to pull out your schedules and and and, and move that play to uh, the appropriate day on the calendar calendar when you're four. Right. It just doesn't this doesn't work that way. I mean, I think some of the examples you gave of programs that have found a way to include both, um, you know, if that works for them, let's call it good because the kids can still go up the slides. But I think what works so much better, whether we're talking about slides or anything else, is putting it in the hands of the kids and letting them try their own kid-based solutions. And you know what? The worst it can do is that their plan doesn't work out, and they will notice. They will say, hey, we tried this, and it didn't work out. Um, you know, and they'll still be frustrated. So then you just go back to the next idea that they have. Keep trying their ideas. And it's okay to offer information as an adult into the brainstorm and say, you know, I know some kids have tried this before. What do you want to, yeah. you know, you want to try that? Because they may not have any good ideas that day. So you can offer information, but really let them have a chance to come up with their own rules. The ones about the every other day, that sounds like adult 
based rules rather than kid developed rules. Yeah, and those those moments where their adult their their uh, their solutions don't work out exactly as they planned, those those moments are full of learning too. Absolutely. Well, I th I think the only rule we've got for people as we wrap up this episode is the the need to tune in next week for another episode. I think I think that should be a a rule. I think that's something you should uh, put on your calendars and uh, maybe discuss in circle time the next time you're sitting in circle time. <laughs> hey, everybody, listen to the Renegade Rules podcast. Um, you got anything else we should uh, touch on to wrap things up, to draw things together before we close up, Heather, or are we good? Well, I just have one parting short story I'd like to add. My, my daycare provider, a lovely woman, um, told me that she, she just laughed out loud when she heard the title of my new book because she said she used to be an up-the-stairs-down-the-slide um, up kind of gal, uh -huh. and she used to correct other people and other kids and other families when she was out in the playground telling them this is the right way to do it. And now she's completely flipped the other way. But she's been in the business as a daycare provider for, you know, 20-some years. And it's taken her a long time to feel comfortable and realize how many powerful, good, healthy things happen by letting kids go up the slide. So now she, <laughs> now she actually proselytizes the other way and <laughs> gently says, you know, it's okay for them to go up the slide. So give yourself a break. If you're not there yet, someday you will be coming up the slide with us. Thanks yeah. so much. Yeah, thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week with another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with another episode. This has been an Explorations Early Learning Upstairs Studio production. Oh.